everyone. Welcome to a special edition of POV Crypto Podcast. This is Christian, uh, and I am not with my host, David Hoffman. I'm actually sitting in my living room with a good buddy, Colin Harper, uh, who is in San Francisco doing something pretty cool for Bitcoin Magazine. Colin, why don't you tell uh, our audience about yourself and what you do for Bitcoin Magazine and why you're here in San Francisco? Yeah, sure, Christian. Thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, so I came in for a conference on Friday and decided it would be a good excuse to uh, stay in San Francisco and live on Bitcoin for a week for an article series that I want to write for the magazine. So the goal is to only use Bitcoin to pay for any sort of service or good that I could purchase within the city. Yeah, and really quickly, Colin is actually one of the editors of Bitcoin Magazine. He's been publishing a lot of really awesome articles, and uh, I think this is a pretty awesome idea. Um, How do you get the inspiration for this? And yeah, why don't you tell people a little bit more? Well, I had thought about it a while ago, um, and to be honest with you, I don't really know if at some point I had actually glanced Kashmir Hill's original attempt at it, and it kind of gotten subliminally planted, you know? Um, but, uh, I remember, uh, so Kashmir Hill is a journalist at Gizmodo, but, uh, she used to be a contributor at Forbes. She is a privacy and tech journalist. She, in 2013, when Bitcoin was going through one of its first big, you know, media and hype bubbles, her editor asked her to live on Bitcoin for a week because at the time, a lot of journalists were just buying it. And that was a novelty to a lot of people. They thought that was... I thought that was pretty interesting that, uh, you know, people were going out there and buying it. But the journal, uh, but the uh, editor said, you know, no, I want you to take this a step further. I want you to actually live on it. So she did that in 2013, then 2014. Um, so I looked up her stuff before I did this and actually got coffee with her uh, the first day that I had uh, started the uh, Bitcoin experiment, which I thought was pretty fitting. And um, it was it was a very interesting talk. And it's kind of been a good place to start off because I can kind of use her experience as a touchstone to, you know, figure out what has changed for better or for worse. As part of like the conversation about what Bitcoin is, it's really fitting to kind of test this out and see, you know, where is, you know, how liquid is Bitcoin and how useful is it for you to get other things and how many people will accept it or like what kind of avenues there are to Uh, spend your bitcoin yeah and what you just said there too is like it's an interesting experiment to test what bitcoin is because i was at uh uh i was hanging out with jeremy gardner the other day uh right after the conference and uh you know we were he was showing me his new speakeasy project i should probably shouldn't talk too much about it they're gonna launch it on i think the 25th of january or something but it's like this the front is a uh pawn shop and then it's got a door that leads to a speakeasy in the back um, it's a pretty cool project. Jer- Jeremy wants the uh, pawn shop to only accept Bitcoin, but his business partners are not too too keen on that. But we were hanging out there, and I was talking about this whole project, and he was essentially saying, "Yeah, you know, I think it's an interesting one." But and I've gotten this uh, from other people too. He says, "I don't know why you'd spend your Bitcoin. Uh, you, you should just hold it." Tyberg, uh, Michael Tyberg, one of our colleagues, has actually made this episode number ten. Yeah, he's he, he's made this uh, this this uh, argument before, and I don't see it as spending it. So I mean, it is spending it, obviously, but you know, I, I'm using it in the same way that I would use anything else. Like I have to buy these things. I have to buy food. I have to buy transportation to get places. I have to buy you know um, accommodations uh, to some degree. Buy experiences. I would be spending it anyway, um, and just because I'm spending it, that doesn't keep me from also buying more Bitcoin to hold. 
Yeah, that I, so I actually agree with that. And I personally really enjoy using the Cash App just because it has the Venmo functionality. But on top of that, you can transfer the balance in the app into Bitcoin. Ever since actually starting to use uh, Cash App, I've actually found myself using Bitcoin more because now there's like a really convenient way for me to have like a digital balance that can go quickly and easily into Bitcoin. And like, I'll like make my friends pay me, you know, if they pay for my dinner or something, I, you know, will refuse to pay them back with uh, USD digital currency and I'll just send them Bitcoin instead. Sometimes make them download a wallet if they don't already have it. Um, so I've been using it more recently because of Cash App. And, you know, I think that you can have two different stashes of Bitcoin. Like you can have your HODL stash and then you can have like your play stash. And I feel like your play stash is pretty fun. And this is a kind of a cool experiment. It's not hard to have like, you know, transfer your USD into Bitcoin and no, you know, use it. It's really not. And I think you said it best the other day when we were uh, out walking and I asked you if using it for an Uber and Lyft gift card from uh, or a Lyft gift card from Paxful or BitRefill is cheating. Um, and, you know, as you put it, you're like, no, it's supporting infrastructure. And I think the Cash App is another beautiful example of that. Uh, in a way, you know, yeah, it's not using Bitcoin directly. Uh, I actually haven't done that yet on this trip. I'm hoping to get to a restaurant where I can actually do a point of sale uh, with a merchant. I've, I've just been going through BitRefill and Paxville to get uh, credit for Uber, also for Whole Foods for food. And uh, you can use a credit from Uber for Uber Eats as well you know, you're supporting infrastructure and you're still using the applications and the economies that are built on top of these things. And one of the things that I really liked about it too is when I was when I was using Paxful or I was using um, BitRefill, you know, I'm selling that Bitcoin. I'm That Bitcoin's going to someone else for them to use or for them to hold. It's all supporting the ecosystem. You know, uh, one thing that I have started to notice is that a lot of the places that accepted Bitcoin outright when Kashmir did in 2013, 2014, this might be too early to call. Uh, it might have been more of a novelty thing and more popular thing then. Uh, it doesn't seem to be as popular or kitschy as it was then. Um, and I think part of that is because a lot of the uh, people who accepted it picked it up and then dropped it pretty quickly. Yeah, well, you said that she did it during kind of the 2013 bubble. So um, it was the dominant narrative in 2013, from what I could tell, you know, was very much cheap, easy payments, a new way to transact online versus, uh, you know, there's a very small group of people with the um, store of value argument. So, yeah, I mean, I understand the store of value argument, obviously, and I think that that's ultimately uh, Bitcoin's most proven use case. Um, and I think that is why this experiment is hard is because, you know, Satoshi and the white paper intended Bitcoin to be electronic cash. And uh, so far in the way that we think about cash as being, you know, something we that we use and physical transactions daily, um, it's, it's not so much that. Most of the stuff that I've been doing is online. You know, I'm getting credit for Uber. Uh, I'm getting credit for... Um, Whole, uh, whole Foods and things like that. So it's still using Bitcoin as a medium and as an, uh, as an exchange, you know. And uh, in some ways, you know, th at this point, it's just easier to use. And there are extra hoops that you can jump through. Wait, so let's, let's break this down a little bit more. When Kashmir did it, she pretty much was using Bitcoin point of sale to buy stuff, get transportation, whatever. Uh, what's been your experience trying to do that and... It sounds like you are using bit refill and packs full. Oh. Uh, correct. Yeah. So Kashmir was actually using it. Uh, you know, point of sale. 
there are a lot of there's a bakery that she went to there was a grocery store that uh from from what i can tell is no longer in business it might be i don't know the the, the google page pulls up a uh, a coffee shop uh or some sort of coffee company now when you click on the link uh, but she also went to a sushi place. Um, there are a few places that went to it. Um, I'm interested to see if I can go to a Bitcoin ATM and see if I can get people to accept that. Cause I know that's popular at pot shops. Um, they're not that popular, but is, has been used at pot shops before, but I don't know if any other place would do that. But yeah, so far for me, it's been using exchanges like BitRefill uh, and uh, Paxful, and they've been invaluable. I mean, I've been able to eat and get around with it very easily. Cashmere had that in t- 2014. She had some sort of service, I think, like BitRefill or Paxful. It might have been one of them, but I, I, I'm not sure. I think sure. both were around. Yeah. It was probably BitRefill that she was using or something similar, um, because she did that for transportation. I haven't read her 2014 series, but she talked a little bit about it when we got coffee. Okay, so so she did in 2013. There was no like Paxful and stuff like that. No, um, it will, none at all. And then in 2014, just a year later, there's already infrastructure where you can use Bitcoin to get gift cards. Yeah, uh, it, it, the uh, space uh, accelerated pretty rapidly. I mean, that was you know, that was right before Gox. Uh, she she was in it when it was about a thousand, uh, which I'm think is probably probably why. And you know, I don't know if she would. I wouldn't quote me on this, but that's probably why she did it in 2014. Is because you know when she did, bought it in 2013, it was a hundred bucks. It dipped a little bit and then went back to 115. And then in 2014, and it appreciated, you know, tenfold. Um, and from what she said, it was a lot easier. And one of the things that I've found is that most of the places that she could get Bitcoin for point of sale when she did it in 2013 and 14 no longer accept Bitcoin. And uh, some of them have gone out of business. <laughs> Coincidentally, you know, t- take that for what it is. You can't say that that's Bitcoin because there's probably a lot of other things as well. Um, but... Uh, it's, it's really funny because uh, the last night I was just trying to look up some of these places and every single one, three in a row, were all closed. I've been using resources like coinmap.org and stuff to try to find places that accept it, and uh, not many do. And one of my working theories is that the 2017 bubble happened and that really scared a lot of people off of it. And I think that made them decide to stop accepting it. Well, in 2017, like it just didn't work in a point-of-sale context, at least base chain so mm-hmm. yeah dude th- like $30 transaction fees $40 transaction fees at one point it was too much yeah so I mean like I, I could understand a, you know a year later a year and a half later why still people haven't really done it but at the same time it's pretty amazing to see that you know if you are just gonna have Bitcoin as your bank account right like you have no bank account you're just holding your value you can't have electronic USD you're just holding your value in Bitcoin you pretty much have access to all other services anyways. So that's infrastructure. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, it's awesome. And uh, this is one thing that I've really loved about this. Uh, you know, you, you could th- you could do BitRefill anywhere. Shout out to yeah. BitRefill, right? Yeah, shout out to BitRefill. Talk could do, about it. Tell people you, about it. You, 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 you could do PaxFill too, but so far I've, I've enjoyed BitRefill more. Um, it, it, it's pretty KYC uh, unintensive. You, you, they, you... They give you, uh, you have to give at least an email, but that's more even just for, you know, uh, if you get a gift card, they send you a confirmation with the code again, so they all, so it's redundant. But, uh, so you basically just log on, you say what you want, you say how much you want it, and 
You, Wait, what can you get? You can get uh, so you can top off phones. You can top off. Uh, you can pay for wireless. I'm pretty sure. Uh, get a bunch of different gift cards. Um, some to some pretty funny places. Like there's Cheesecake Factory gift cards, but there's like you know Whole Whole Foods. There's Uber gift cards, Amazon, all that. Uh, Steam, bunch of other things. A lot of a lot of different things. You know, there's probably about 50 different options that you have. But uh, you pick what you want, and then it gives you an address to send your Bitcoin to. And once you send that Bitcoin, uh, it immediately sends you a code. And it's instant. Like, once you send it, this is what I love. Once you send it and the first confirmation goes through, then it gives you your code. Um, They've also been playing with Lightning, too. So Lightning could do all this stuff, too. Yeah. Bitcoin on Lightning Network has bit refill. Yeah. Which is huge. Yeah, it's awesome. And I, I really like what they've done. And I uh, what, what you were pointing to earlier... You know, what's amazing about this is if you were, if you just banked on Bitcoin, then you could, with these services, you could do anything you wanted to with, that you could with your regular bank account. I mean, you can keep track of utilities, you know, like with your internet and your home and stuff like that. I mean, you couldn't pay your landlord. I mean, you could pay your landlord in Bitcoin if they were cool with it, but it's been, do, Bit, BitRefill has made this actually doable. Is, is, is what I can say. And so is Paxful. I used Paxful first to get Uber, and then I did BitRefill when I was at the Crypto Castle because it was just a lot better. Interesting. Well, again, shout out to BitRefill. I know they've been killing it for a long time. Uh, people in the Bitcoin community are huge fans. Um, as far as what you can tell, is there infrastructure like this for like Ether and other tokens? Um, I'm trying to think right now if BitRefill has a, a Ethereum. If BitRefill has an Ethereum option... And I don't, I don't think so. I don't think Paxville does. Um, uh, I'm not really sure about Ethereum. Uh, nothing else, w- uh, see- nowhere seems to take anything except for Bitcoin, it seems, um, from anything that I've seen. From what I've heard, though, from some people who were in the area in 13 and 14, uh, Litecoin and Ethereum were also something that a lot of people accepted. I remember 2017, I would go to like stores and some of them, obviously during the bull run when people were very excited about it and there's the mania, um, like they were accepting altcoins, but they weren't accepting Bitcoin again because of the fee issue. It seems like none of that is really like the point of sale spend with crypto. That's not really a thing. right? No, it doesn't seem like that at all. And uh, like I was saying earlier, Jeremy was pretty confused by just uh, trying to even do it at all because he thought it was kind of ultimately fruitless he said you know if there was a wallet that would rebuy bitcoin that i spent then that would be interesting he said i might want to do that but um yeah but jeremy doesn't have an issue getting a bank (laughs) yeah exactly um and i think that's like the really cool thing to take away with this and you know that's that's what uh a lot of gotenna is doing stuff like this where you can send bitcoin with a fucking cell signal and that's huge for someone who doesn't have internet and that's one thing that i think so awesome about this technology is that with this kind of infrastructure, you don't need to have all of these things that are difficult to get for people in third world situations. Uh, Bitcoin is so democratic. And Bitcoin does not care where you are. or like, All it cares is if you can access the internet. I mean, access the network. Absolutely. That's why, I mean, I think that's a big reason a lot of people are here. Um, another thing that seems like, you know, you got, obviously, you know, you're getting retweeted by the Bitcoin magazine, Twitter account, stuff like that. But it seems like you got a lot of awesome, like, kind of connections from this experiment, people reaching out to you in the SF Bitcoin community. Do you want to kind of talk about some of the cool things that have emerged based on this experiment so far? Yeah, man. Uh, the community has been really receptive and really uh, 
really generous and warming. Uh, I put out a Reddit thread, and a lot of people were commenting on it and giving some pretty good, uh, some pretty good advice and also some encouragement. One dude invited me to go sailing. I think I'm going to do that on Wednesday. Uh, uh, Crypto Graffiti also gave me a shout out on Twitter, which I was pretty stoked about. He's uh, he's out of the city right now, but he said he should be back before I leave. So I'm going to try to go see him on the Thursday before I leave because uh, I'm done with this experiment on the 18th, which I believe is a Friday. Um, so I'm pretty excited about that. I also would really like to go to 20 Mission, which Cashmere Hill went to when they were just converting the hostel or the uh, the house into like this hostile hacker commune, and they let her stay there for uh, I can't remember how many Bitcoin it was at the time, but um, I have to reach out to them again. I got a message about it being I mean you need to stay there for more than a month if I was going to try to do that. Uh, also probably going to crash at the Crypto Castle at some point. So uh, that that's really what I kind of want to make this about in a way too. A lot of the stuff that I did yesterday was just interacting with the community. And seeing what, uh, you know, meeting Jeremy for the first time, which was very interesting. And uh, also just trying to meet as many people in this beautiful community as possible. Especially in a place like San Francisco, because I've always loved the people and I've always loved uh, the vibe here. And uh, especially in something as, 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 as fun as this and tight-knit as this, I think that there's a lot of avenue to collaborate with a lot of really, really bright people. Yeah, wait, so you don't live in San Francisco, right? Where no, are you at? I live in Nashville, for sure. So uh, it's where the office is. Uh, shout out to BTC Inc. And, uh, you know, the crypto community there is, is small, but it's it's growing. Tech is small, but growing as well, too. Uh, I couldn't do this in Nashville. The only place that accepts Bitcoin is this uh, a restaurant called Flight, which is like a but really... But you're good, dude. You're yeah. Nothing accepts Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, <here>. that's true. <laughs> that, that That's very true. Um, I actually could just use fucking uh, bit refill for everything, you know? But if I wanted to do point of sale only, I wanted to be really, you know, um, purist about it, I would go bankrupt in Nashville. Do you think that Do you think that New York is exactly like this too, or do you think New York is better than this in terms of point of sale? Uh, I want to do it at some point, and um, CoinMap is probably not very reliable. Most of the places that I've looked at are uh, shut down. I mean, it'll tell you where some some place has accepted Bitcoin at some point, but... It doesn't seem to be updated. New York seemed to have more, but it might also be the same case. I'm guessing that I probably would find more places a little bit easier. Uh, I don't expect it would be that much easier. You know, I don't think it would be a very much of a difference at all, but there probably would be one there. Cool, man. Well, I think this was a pretty uh, pretty cool little story to, to get a special episode of POV on. Yeah, why don't you tell people where they can find you, about some of your, some of your work, what they can expect from this uh, from this project, and you know all that kind of good stuff. Yeah, for sure. So I finished the day one write-up today. Uh, it's a weekend, so editing is going to be a little bit slow. We want to release them in day-by-day chunks. I don't know if it'll be exactly after, you know, the day after everything happens. Um, but we're going to publish them in Bitcoin magazine. I imagine the first day's recap will probably go out either Sunday or Monday. And then after that, there will be a day two, three, four, five, six, seven recap. And then what we'll probably do is I'll have a, uh, reflections piece for the cover story for February. And hopefully, you know, maybe a reprisal, go to New York, do the same thing, uh, see if it's any easier or, or, uh, any more difficult. And uh, if, you, uh, if you're in San Francisco or just uh, anywhere where you accept Bitcoin, you want to give me a shout, you can find uh, my contact information on BitcoinMagazine.com. You can also drop me a line, open DMs on Twitter, it's as I lay hodling. 
Uh, just look for Colin Harper, you'll see the tag. Nice, very fitting, uh, very fitting for a Bitcoin writer and editor. As always, you can find the show at POV CryptoPod. You can find me, CK underscore Snarks. Uh, hope you enjoyed this little special. Follow As I Lay Hodlin. Follow uh, the story as it unfolds in Bitcoin Magazine. And check out BitRefill. It really is making Bitcoin a lot more useful as a place to store your value and a place to uh, to utilize your Bitcoin, you know, with Uber, with Amazon, with, you know, pretty much everything that you, you want to spend money on. Yep. All right. Bye. It's a fool, you too